This is episode 440 of the AWS podcast, released on May 2nd, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back. And I have not one but two very exciting special guests. Firstly, I'm joined by Armin Nesat, who is Digital Operations Manager at Nestle. Welcome to the podcast, Armin. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for coming on board. And we're also joined by Maggie Sue, who is a worldwide specialist in blockchain. Uh, G'day, Maggie. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on board. Now, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic today because we're going to dive into a bit of a use case about where we might actually use blockchain. You know, it's one of those uh, terms that unfortunately industry people have jumped on and talked about and hyped and ICOs and all that sort of stuff. And we want to move well beyond that into the world of actually doing stuff. So uh, maybe, Armin, let me start with you. Let's, let's uh, for, for, for the probably 1% of the world's population who don't know the company, <laughs> tell us who is Nestle and, uh, and what are some of the challenges you're facing in the market today? Sure. So Nestle is one of the world's largest procurer of green beans in the world. Um, we obviously operate in a huge portfolio of consumer goods specializing in food. So naturally, we purchase a lot of raw materials and raw ingredients to be able to process or fulfill that demand. So for us, it's being able to track the ingredients, the products, where they come from is really, really important. But equally important is how do we go about communicating that information back to the consumers? So really that that question about where my coffee comes from is is kind of important. And let's 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 unpack that a little bit because uh uh, full disclosure, I'm located in Melbourne, Victoria, and we are exceptionally and someone say unreasonably proud of our coffee culture down here. Armin's in Sydney, and so we can have a debate about which city has better <laughs> coffee. But I, I think Armin, people are pretty passionate about where their coffee comes from, aren't they? Sure. So I think, um, and you'll probably notice that more in both in Sydney and Melbourne. I think both regions have a really, really mature coffee culture. Australia as a whole has a good coffee culture, but what we're seeing is there's a shift in what consumers come to expect from their coffee experience. Similar to if we if we were to compare it with any other industry, it would be the artisanship of winery or the beer brewing companies. So what we see is consumers want to know more about their product. They want to know where it's coming from, what are the sustainable attributes, and how do we tell that story? So for us, I think looking at the consumer feedback, that's definitely one of the areas of interest for us. Because the, the supply chain of coffee is is quite complex, isn't it? I mean, we sort of you know sit there, crack, crack open the container, make the coffee, and maybe don't think much about it, but the, it's it's a very complicated supply chain. Absolutely. So coffee is a seasonal product. Unfortunately, the demand for it is not seasonal. People like it. If it's summer, they like <laughs> cold brew coffee. If it's winter, they like warm coffee. Um, so for us, it's to be able, be considering that it's a seasonal product, the, the production of it has different components. You're sourcing it from different locations, but also, so some people in the industry go for that consistent taste. So how do we ensure that consistent taste all through the year? Other players are playing to the nuances. So if you get papa from different part, coffee beans from different parts of the world, they do have different taste profiles. And you'll see that more with the specialty coffee roasters and the specialty coffee providers. They talk to that nuance. 
Um, and it's how do you differentiate that? How do you talk to that? And how do you take consumers on that journey? So that's one, one of the key elements. But also it's the sustainability to be able to talk to that sustainability, not just in farming practices and where the coffee is harvested and roasted, but also what packaging material we use, how it's processed, where it's packed, where it's processed. So, so there's lots of details there because it, it's interesting because for each sort of coffee blend and release as a customer, we want to know, you know, is it going to taste the same or is it going to be different? Is it intentional to be different? Uh, did it come from a place I'm comfortable with getting it from? Yes. We've got a very long supply chain here. Talk to us about some of the, the collaboration and data challenges we have because, you know, on the face of you go, well, well you know, just tell me where it came from. <laughs> How hard could it be? <laughs> uh, and most problems start with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if it is. It, we'll, we won't call it a problem. We'll call it a journey. But for us, um, <laughs> it really was a journey. I mean, the, the thing for us is it's really important. All coffee that we source, there, there's a high level of standard that we need to adhere to. We've made a number of commitments in the category. We need to comply with it. And that information has always been there. When we, talk, when we go multiple levels into our supply chain, that information, whether it's our first tier providers or second tier providers, they're all standards that they need to adhere to. And we ask for that evidence. But the problem was that evidence and that information always sat in mailboxes or it sat locked away in ERP software. What we looked at doing is saying, okay, we know the characteristics of a blockchain network. We know the transparency. We know the immutable properties of it. And they all played to the this supply chain challenge. So it meant that we could get that information, we could upload it to a hyperledger, and we can see and verify that the person who's saying that they're certified to be farming 500 kilos of coffee is actually certified. Their plantation size is big enough to fulfill that. And also, if they are going through seasonal challenges, whether it's droughts or whatever it may be, we can see that dip or we can see that increase in production. But that meant that we had to onboard people, we had to onboard partners, and we had to get them comfortable that this information is going to be available. So we're right now with Chain of Origin, we're working with a select number of partners. They have access to the database. They can start writing to the database, and everybody on the network can scrutinize, challenge, see, all the way through to the consumer. So when the consumer gets the product, and they scan the product, they can actually see which farm it came from. They can see when the coffee, the green coffee bean was harvested all the way through to when and where it was roasted. And so, so this is this almost sort of radical level of transparency because, as you said, you know, in the past, m- many of these uh, certifications, data points and reports, et cetera, were collected, but not everyone could see it. So, so you've kind of turned this on, on its head with this concept of, of chain of origin coffee. So maybe... Talk to us about how Nestle thought about the problem at the start and then and then a bit more detail on some of the, the things you found out by doing this project. Sure. So I think like for us, we, 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 we had a number of roundtable discussions. We looked at what is essentially the consumer demand and the consumer need. People want to know where their products are coming from. We know that there's nuances and we know that there's characteristics for example, Papua New Guinea coffee, coffee has different taste profiles compared to Indonesian coffee. And they're all characteristics and things that we knew, but it was more 
industry knowledge, not consumer knowledge. So for us, it was about talking with our suppliers, talking with our partners and taking them on the journey. And then as we went through, we kind of realized effectively what we're trying to do is we're trying to say if our coffee could speak, what would it say, right? And Mm. it would say, hey, these beans were roasted on this date. It went to this roasting facility or we purchased them from this broker. Here are the licenses. Here are the certificates that we're getting from our partners. And we know that the moment that you roast the coffee, it's good for a certain period of time. How quickly can we get it to the consumer to ensure optimal taste and the palatability of that coffee region. On top of that, we went and we worked with industry partners in terms of sustainable packaging. So we went to extreme lengths to try and find sugarcane labels, uh, PLA packaging, and we pushed that. Now, it's not Nestle saying, hey, this packaging has these properties. When we upload that material data sheet, it's actually coming from our suppliers. And we're taking everybody on that journey. So equally, everybody is held accountable on that platform. And I guess that means as a consumer, I get to, um, you know, to, to quote my old high school economics teacher, cast my dollar vote uh, on what I want to choose. And if you're providing me with a coffee that provides um, you know, provable biodegradable packaging and I understand where the origin is and it's, it's been ethically sourced, um, obviously, if I'm choosing that particular product, that's indicating that's what, as a consumer, I want to see more of. Absolutely. And the thing is, the way that we see it is this is a partnership with the industry. We need to work with our partners to get an understanding of what consumers value, what consumers appreciate, and also get the industry on board of promoting best practices. The, the fact that blockchain helps us tell that story that's part of the characteristics of being having that transparent database. It just means that everybody on the network, everybody in the supply chain is held accountable to those deliverables. And consumers, the, the reason that we do this is because consumers see the value. Well, speaking of consumers, what, what have customers been telling you about Chain of Origin Coffee? What's their reaction been? The, 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 the surprising thing for us is when we started sampling the coffee bags to try and get consumer feedback, Everybody was amazed by the taste. Um, I don't in in our market. I'm not aware of any coffee bags that taste and have the smell and aroma like ours. But that plays to how frequently we roast, the fact that we do things in micro batches, and the fact that we do source from different regions, and we're able to talk to that at that level, at a micro batch level, with single origin coffee. Yeah, it makes a makes a big difference, and. Help me understand, why, why did you choose AWS to, to go on this journey with, and, and in particular, Amazon Managed Blockchain, and, and how did it fit into solving the challenges you were talking about? Sure. So for us, we're a coffee company. We're not a technology company. We understood what the consumer needs are. We understood what the challenges are. We, we're very experienced in the e-commerce space of building e-commerce platforms. We worked with AWS and... Originally, the, the, the profile for us or the priority for us was to build an online brand, and that's what we embarked on. 
But as we progressed and we worked with the AWS team, we realized that this is an area where blockchain characteristics of it being an immutable database, transparent and verifiable, that all played to the business challenge and the, the if we call it the business opportunity. That's where we started to work with the AWS team around the managed Hyperledger network. And I think that's interesting that, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that you started this, this endeavor not with the phrase, I want to use a blockchain, now what will I use it for? But it was about the, the consumer experience that happened to leverage blockchain as part of the solution. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, you have to have that. The, the consumer experience drives everything. I don't think the technology, um, the technology is facilitating, but when we embarked on the journey, it wasn't a blockchain journey. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting and important observation. Now, now, obviously, this is this is an ongoing journey. What are some of the future plans you have for for Chain of Origin Coffee? So we're working working with the industry to improve the amount of information that we can provide to make sure that we're delivering value to the consumer. We're also looking at expanding the offering on other channels. Um, so stay tuned. The Chain of Origin brand is in its early days, but based on the we'll feedback and the program that we've run, yeah, there's no slowing down on our side. Well, I guess that's one of the benefits of the, of the technologies that you're using is they're all scalable. So uh, as successful as it becomes, it will continue. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, the, the network's doing really well. Our demand is going up and... Lights are green. Things are good. <laughs> we like that. The it's a good time great. for coffee. <laughs> Maggie, let me come to you for a moment as well. You know, Armin shared us a really interesting and, and practical example of, of blockchain. And I think that's what we are all looking for in terms of the technology. You know, the technology is only as good as what it solves for. What are some of the other blockchain use cases you're seeing from customers? Sure. So track and trace in the Nestle example, uh, that's one of the use cases where we're seeing a lot of momentum. And I'll say it's not just in CPG and food, but also industries like aerospace, automotive and healthcare. We're really seeing a need to verify authenticity of product through the supply chain both ways. So both to the end customer as well as the other way with returns and recalls. And two other use cases we're really excited about are settlement and identity. So settlement is financial, where you're able to take a transaction, remove any middlemen, and really consolidate the clearing and settlement time so it's instantaneous. And one example there is Alpha Ledger. They actually have a bond trading marketplace using Amazon Managed Blockchain for settlement. Uh, in some cases, we have customers, they are sending spreadsheets back and forth. Everyone has a different view of the data because they have a different version of the spreadsheet. And you sometimes even have a paper-based system, like Armin mentioned. So with COVID, we were actually hearing that mailrooms were so backed up that these changes weren't even going through. And then in identity, we're seeing a trend around self-sovereign identity and credential management. And that could be everywhere from human resources to education to the public sector. Two great examples here. One is Workday, and they're a human capital management company. They use managed blockchain for employee credential tracking. So the credential issuers can easily issue the credentials, and then the verifiers can be given access by individuals to specific information. And employees can then access this through a mobile app where they determine which credentials to share. And then the final example is in Korea, where the top three telcos launched an e-driver's license on Amazon Managed Blockchain in conjunction with the police and highway patrol. So this is convenient for the user, the license can't be forged, and it also increases the speed of uh, administrative processes and saves costs. 
And I'll say, you know, one, one example that, that makes so much sense to me is when you, when you go to a bar and get your age verified, so, you know, all the bouncer really needs to know is if you're over 18 or 21 or not. They don't actually need to know the details of your actual birthday. So oftentimes we're sharing too much information where we could really just be sharing whether you're over that age or under that age. And blockchain allows that, that level of kind of um, self-sovereign identity. Yeah, that, that, that just enough. Uh, and, and tell us, uh, you know, what, what does Amazon Managed Blockchain give to customers over and above just, you know, grabbing the, the blockchain flavor that they'd like and, and using it? What, what do they get? Yeah, so, I mean, we really think that we take care of the undifferentiated heavy lifting so customers can get to what Armin said around focusing on their business case, their marketing, and, and kind of the, the actual business problem that they're trying to solve. And so we currently support version 1.4 of Hyperledger Fabric, and that enables features like private data collections, on-chain queries, network monitoring features. And we've heard from multiple customers that this helps them save cost, uh, as well as, I'd say, headache and, and kind of um, resource intensiveness in terms of managing the network. And then we've also expanded our regional availability, so the service is now available in APAC and EMEA. So I think that the team's been busy on, on growing where the customers are. Uh, what about some of the integrations and the versioning of the fabrics themselves that, that allow some, some new things for customers? Sure. So like, like most AWS services, we're integrated with other AWS services like CloudWatch. Um, as I mentioned, we're currently supporting version 1.4 of Hyperledger Fabric, and we have a pretty exciting roadmap of things launching before the end of the year. So I would just say stay tuned there for more. Yeah, lots, lots of goodies. And you can already get things like private data collections, on-chain queries, network monitoring, lots of good uh, visibility. And I think uh, maybe coming back to, to Armin's point of uh, you want to use a blockchain, not have to run a blockchain. <laughs> exactly. Blockchain is one part of the solution. And, and so, you know, it's great to hear stories like Nestle where they're able to, you know, they have this business case that they were able to use blockchain to solve. Absolutely. Maggie, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing that with us. Thank you. And Armin, thank you so much for, for sharing the story. I think it's a, it's a fascinating journey and one that we can uh, continue to watch over time. Thank you. I really appreciate the conversation. Likewise. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. And until next time, keep on building.